Good morning. Happy Resurrection Sunday morning. This is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Good morning, Bethel Metropolitan family, brothers, sisters, friends, listen in, listening in. Again, Happy Resurrection Sunday. The songwriter said, God sent his son. They called him Jesus. He came to love, heal, and forgive. The songwriter said, he lived and died to buy my part. An empty grave is there to prove that my Savior, your Savior, the Savior of the world, that he lives. The songwriter said, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, you can face tomorrow. Because there's an empty tomb, you can face today. You can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future. Because I know he holds my future, your future. The songwriter said, life is worth the living. Because he lives. We have come again to worship our Father God, to honor his Son, the risen Savior, to be led by the Holy Spirit in all matters pertaining to life. Would you pray with me? Father God, you are indeed love, and we thank you for the love that you have shown demonstrate to the world that while we were yet sinners Christ came suffered bled and died for us stayed in the grave part of three days and rose again because you loved us because you love us and because you wanted us to enter into a right relationship with you because you wanted us God to experience eternal life and for that we say thank you we thank you for our risen savior today god and we pray god that in some way some manner that we can lift you lift the savior up for the world to see what we do today god that we can lift up the savior god that some soul will be saved that the song service god that the young adults Brother Martin will render, will somehow lift up Jesus. Even the work of the technicians, God, will somehow lift up Jesus. The preached word, God, will lift up Jesus. And men and women, boys and girls, will be saved. And then, God, we who are saved, our lives will be transformed more and more to the image and likeness of your son. It is in the precious name of Jesus Christ we pray, our risen Savior. And we ask, amen, amen. God bless you. May he keep you is my prayer. At this time, we're going to ask that Brother Joseph Martin, our musician, and a portion of our youth and young adult choir render us praise and Worship. We're excited to have them with us today. Amen. Oh, yeah. Sing, 
Dulce, amen. Excellent is his name. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. Amen. He has risen and he is Lord. Amen. Amen. Good morning again and welcome to our worship service at Bethel Metropolitan to the Bethel family, uh, saints and friends. Uh, again, welcome to this gathering on this Resurrection Sunday morning. If it, if it is your first time tuning in to us or visiting with us, we say to you, welcome. If it's your second or subsequent time visiting with us or tuning in, we say welcome back. We also would like to get to know you if you are our guest. Uh, and you can uh, send us an email at bchurch5 at tampabay.rr.com. Uh, we'd like to get to know you uh, better. Again, that's B as in boy church, the letter five, the number five, the number five. Uh, at tampabay.rr.com or you can call us here at the church at 727-327-0554 727-327-0554 we love to hear from you you can leave us a message uh, and we'll get back with you we will and we say thank you again uh, for tuning in to all my Bethel uh, family I love each of you uh, very dearly and I continue to pray uh, for God's richest blessings upon each of you uh, at this time and for the remainder of your life. And I pray that uh, he will continue to give you the desires of your heart as you delight yourselves in him. In regards to our announce announcements, uh, church activities remain curtailed uh, for now uh, based on the recommendation of our national, state, local, and health uh, officials. Food pantries remaining open, and we're feeding people on Wednesdays and, and, and Saturdays, and sometimes in between if they call here and we're here and they have a need. Uh, I want to say to our graduating seniors from high school, uh, the graduation ministry, Sister Tracy Johnson and others are working very hard, uh, and they're closing in on some ideas to celebrate you. Uh, yeah, Sister Sage, Brother Howard, celebrate y'all's accomplishments, and uh, and others that are graduating from Bethel Metropolitan. We're, we're closing in on some ideas and they have some things that we're gonna bring to ensure that uh, your time of graduation from high school is memorable and we wanna urge you to go on to uh, learn more into those higher levels of education. So God bless you and more to come on that graduation uh, uh, piece for each of you. Church office hours remain Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday for our church secretary from 10 to 2 on those days, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Uh, she is working remotely. Uh, she has the capability of picking up emails at the house now and uh, retrieving phone calls from the church uh, at her house now. So uh, that's another way we're staying connected. So if you need to get a message to the church office, you can still do that. My number is on the on the bulletin as well. You have your deacon's numbers. You have one another's numbers. So the idea is to stay connected. I ask that each of us saturate our days with prayer as we stay connected to one another. Speak life. Uh, speak words of encouragement to, uh, to one another. And I certainly encourage that you pray at least a minimum of three times a day. Morning, noon, and night. Remember our missions in Bahamas, in the Bahamas, uh, Liberia, uh, Haiti, the Philippines, um, places around the world, missionaries all over the globe, missionaries in our city, 
now. Uh, and we thank God for each of your missionary efforts and seeing about one another. We ask that you keep all of our sick and shut in in, in uh, bereaved families uh, in prayer. Continue to pray for Mr. Harvey Brown, Marsha Brown, the family of young brother uh, Donovan who was funeralized on yesterday uh, here at the church. Continue to pray for Sister Maggie Davis's uh, family and all those that uh, are, are grieving uh, at this particular time uh, for loss of loved ones and various uh, uh, causes of loss. Loss. Let's pray for all those who are bereaved. Now for a few observations. Uh, I continue to meet on Tuesdays and Thursdays to conference call with, with leaders of the church um, uh, as necessary to focus on taking care of the uh, church family uh, and the community. Those meetings continue to go well and we're thank thankful for those means that we can stay connected. I encourage you all to stay connected uh, as well. Uh, our aim is to ensure that every member of Bethel Metropolitan is prayed with, prayed for, uh, um, cared for, and shared with in a manner that the early church actually cared for, for one another and sharing that they had all things in common. Uh, bless you, Bethel, and our guests as you continue to set aside and bring uh, your tithe and your offering. God bless you. Uh, thanks for staying connected in your kingdom giving. If you have any questions in regards to uh, giving, you can call and leave a message or call one of your deacons again, call someone else. Uh, I'm grateful for the prayers that you continue to uh, pray for me and my family and pray for one another. I can't stress enough the importance of these times to share the gospel message of Jesus Christ, to stay connected, to connect with one another and the community in sharing the gospel word and these are our announcements and observations for today. Our thought for the week. You have been assigned the mountain you have, whatever it may be, to show others that through God's help, your mountain can be moved. God bless you and keep you are my continual prayers. I'm going to ask Brother Martin and the youth and young adults to prepare another selection. I'll come back with a scripture um, and then another selection and then the word of God for sustains life. God bless you. No praise is high enough 
Lord you Scripture, the outline for the sermon uh, is on your um, electronic devices. Amen. So we ask that you can follow along, that you would follow along there uh, with us uh, as well um, as you study and as we look into this text. Romans chapter 12, beginning with verse 3 and reading uh, through uh, verse 8. Uh, Paul, the apostle, said, For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many 
are one body in Christ, and every one member one of another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on ministry, or he that teaches on teaching, or he that exhorted on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God, the grass withereth and the flower fadeth, but the word of God stands forever. At this time, we will hear another selection from our youth and young adults, accompanied by Brother Minister Joseph Bless the Lord, bless the Lord, thank Just want to encourage you during this time to let you know that Psalm 23 stands true. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And during this time, we shall not want for anything. God is still the creator. And he has his army of angels yes. that are encamped around us. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Lord, and we just thank you right now. We shall not fear the arrow by day, nor the terror by night. Just a little song to give you encouragement. They just learned it this morning. So, God, we just thank you for being our shepherd. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 
Bye. 
is my comfort. He is your comfort. He is our God. He will always hold us close. Amen. That certainly is some comforting words during uh, times like these that we are going through, knowing that we are held close by our shepherd, the good shepherd, Jesus, the Christ, the Lord God Almighty. The scripture that was read to us from the book of Romans is where we take our message from today. Two times here Paul mentions the word grace in verses 3 and verse 6. A message title today and I thought is Grace Carries an Assignment. Grace Carries an Assignment. Would you pray with me? Holy Father our God open now our eyes so we may see the eternal truth of your word. Open our minds so that we may understand these eternal truths. We pray in the name of Jesus, Father, that you will open our hearts so that we may apply our lives to your truths, so that we may bring you glory, so that we may honor your Son as we are led by your Spirit. We pray, Father, now that you will grant salvation to those who have not yet accepted Jesus Christ. Direct us, Father, in carrying out the assignment you have graced us with to accomplish for you and for the eternal good of others. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Jesus saves. Amen. Jesus saves to the utmost. Jesus said the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus said repent and believe the gospel. Grace carries an assignment. Grace, grace, the free gift of God. Grace carries an assignment. You heard it said that if it's free, it's for me. People seem to love free stuff. We love free samples at Sam's and Costco's. You might spend an extra 20 or 30 minutes in Sam's or Costco's trying to gather all the samples that you can gather for free. Some would say there is no such thing as a free lunch. Many people are skeptical of free stuff. They wonder, what's the catch? Some companies claim the second item is free. Just pay for the taxes, shipping charges, and the packaging, and the second one is free. Really? In a world when you get free stuff, 
while it may be or seems to be free for you, remember someone somewhere had to pay for it. God does not work that way. He bought the whole bag up front. And with God, you get the whole bag free by his grace. No samples are needed. Just accept all that God has for you. It's free. God sent his son Jesus who paid it all. No taxes, no packing charges, no delivery charges, no shipping charges. Jesus paid it all on Calvary's cross. It is by God's grace that salvation, eternal life is free for you and for me. Prescott Williamson said, the deal that Jesus gave us is actually a great deal. Everything Jesus did is all in your favor. Grace, God's gift. We, we get all the benefits of the gifts of salvation. We cannot earn it. We cannot ever repay what God has done for us through his son, Jesus the Christ. God wants you simply, he wants me to enjoy the gift of salvation and to make the most of it. This grace gift, free to all, is something you should tell everyone whenever you get a chance to tell somebody. This is the assignment grace carries. In verses 1 and 2 of chapter 12, Paul outlines the proper response to God's mercies. In verses 3 through 8, Paul takes us to God's grace. We have assignments based on his grace, God's gift. For years, many have sung, your grace and mercy have brought me through. I'm living this moment because of you. I want to thank you and praise you too. Your grace and mercy brought me through. Mercy, my friends, brothers and sisters, requires the response of being a living sacrifice unto God. And as a living sacrifice, grace carries an assignment for believers. We are given what we do not deserve, grace for God's purpose, for God's assignment in our life. We are given what we do not deserve for God's plan. We are given what we do not deserve for God's glory, for God's kingdom, which is now and which is to come. We have an assignment based on the grace that we have been given. Paul speaks of grace from two views in these verses. In verse 3, he speaks of the grace given to him. To him. He says, the grace given to me. And then in verse 6, he speaks of the grace given to us. 
Grace carries with it more than the idea of undeserved favor. It carries with it more than the idea of unmerited favor. Yes, it's all that, but it's more. It has an assignment. With grace comes an assignment. God graced Paul so that Paul would grace others. God has graced you, brothers and sisters, and God will grace you, friend, so that you can grace somebody else. Help me, Jesus. God expects believers to grace one another, to grace others with whatever God has graced you with. He has graced you with it so that you can carry out an assignment for him. Yes to spread the joy that he brings. The passage points out that grace carries an assignment to build the body of Christ. First, Paul tells the reader this truth. Grace speaks to the glory of God. Grace speaks to the glory of God. L look at verse 3 again. Paul writes, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. From the jump, from the start, Paul says it plain and clear. He can, he, he can say what he is saying because of the grace of God that has been given to him. It's only by God's grace that he's able to stand, he's able to write, he's able to say what he's saying. Here it is. Once he was a persecutor of the church, but by grace now he is a protector of the church. Once he is a bully in his tactics against the church, now he is a builder of the church. Now he's a bodyguard guard of the gospel upon which the church is established. Grace carries an assignment. God's grace has granted Paul an apostleship. God's grace allowed Paul to become a minister of Christ to the Gentiles. God graced Paul to become a servant for him. God graced Paul to carry his message. God graces us to grace someone else. All right. Apparently, Paul has reason to address the Romans in this manner. Had there been a problem with status in the church, could there have possibly been a problem with, with someone thinking my gift is superior to your gift? Paul writes to let the church know that whatever they thought they were, this thing called grace did not originate with them. They had nothing to boast about. They had nothing to be high-minded about. What has happened in Paul's life happened for the purpose and glory of God. What is happening in the life of the church is about God and his glory. What's happening in the world today is about God and his glory. What will happen in the life of the church is about God's glory. Paul's statement about not to think more highly than one should of himself. Brother Andrews, it reminds me of a statement my daddy would often make 
as I was growing up. I grew up in the 60s, 1960s in Alabama. And before I really even knew what racism and discrimination was really about, my daddy was instilling in this in our children. He would say, son, you are no better than anybody else. And nobody else is any better than you. No one, no one person is better than another, Paul is saying here. So no one should think more highly of himself or herself than they ought to. It is all about the glory of God. God has given everyone who believes, the scripture says, a measure of faith. Grace gives a measure of faith. God's grace, here it is, it levels the playing field no matter which side of the tracks you're on. No matter how big your bank account is, how small, small it is, God's grace levels the playing field. Paul's language suggests that recognizing God's grace will help you keep your pride in check. When you recognize that it's God's grace that has kept you and protecting you and is sustaining you, it helps keep your, your pride in check. Pride gets in the way of honoring God. Pride gets in the way of glorifying God. Exaggeration of one's own importance gets in the way of glorifying God. And Paul talks about this thing he called sober thinking or sober judgment. Sober thinking recognizes that a living, that as a living sacrifice, you owe God, I owe God everything. Everything. Sober thinking recognizes the grace one receives is an assignment from God to glorify God and to build the body of Christ. Paul saw himself as chief among sinners, the scripture says. Paul saw himself as one who had received the grace of God. In receiving the grace of God, Paul saw himself on assignment for God. Grace has a way about it to change you from self-absorption to kind-heartedness. Grace has a way about it to change you from a preoccupation with yourself to a passion for the glory of God and the good of others. We're on assignment because of grace. If you have been around the Christian dome for just even a short period of time, then you have most likely heard of John's, John Newton's amazing grace. Amazing Grace is one of the most beloved hymns of the last 200 years. Amazing Grace is a testimony of John Newton's changed life. Newton was a captain of a slave ships and he, he was a slave trader. The story is told of a horrendous storm that he found himself in off the coast of, of Ireland. Newton was on his way home and he found himself in this, this really, really bad storm on his voyage home. The ship appeared to be on the verge of sinking. Newton, the slave trader, the ship, the ship owner, ships, Newton, Newton prayed to God, a slave trader. He prayed to God. The story is told that the cargo somehow shifted to fill a hole that was in the hull of the vessel. And the ship drifted safely to shore. God's grace gave Newton sight. I once was blind, 
but now I see. It gave Newton sight to see God's purpose and plan. God gave Newton direction. I once was lost, but now I'm found. He gave Newton direction in carrying out the assignment that he had for him. Newton, brothers, sisters, and friends, became an even an angelical preacher. He became a preacher, angelical preacher, sharing the gospel and carrying and calling for the ending of slavery. Grace put him on assignment for God. It was amazing grace that, that put Newton on this assignment. It's amazing grace that put you and I on assignment for God. Brothers, sisters, and friends, you should, we should value God's grace to us. God has given and does give a measure of grace so that we might do what he would have us to do for him. God has given us a measure of, of grace to glorify him. God's grace to you, to me, is for his glory. Proverbs 25, 27 reads, It is not good to eat much honey. So for men to search their own glory is not glory. God did not give you what you have so that you could become engrossed with yourself and gripped in seeking glory for yourself. God graced you and me with what we have for his glory. The inspired writer of Proverbs 27 and 2 tells us, let another man praise thee and not thine own mouth, a stranger, and not thine own lips. Yes, we should do that which is commendable. However, we do what is commendable so that others may see how God has graced us so that he might be glorified. Jesus said it this way, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and what glorify yeah. Yeah. your Father which is in heaven. Peter adds at 1 Peter 4.10, and every man has received the gift even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Peter tells you and me God's rich grace is given to us and gives us to serve one another. Brothers, sisters, and friends, serving as God has graced us is about serving one another. And this is a time certainly for us to be serving one another, glorifying God. Serving one another is a way to glorify God. Jesus said, I have come. Here's your Easter message. Jesus said, I have come to this hour, the hour of death and resurrection. Jesus said, I have come to this hour that you, Father, may be glorified. Jesus' grace came to glorify the Father. And if we are to be like Jesus, we are on assignment through his grace to glorify Everything God graced and gift you with, gifted you with, me with, is for his glory. Everything God graced and gifted you with is for the good of someone else. This statement brings a second truth into view. A second truth is this. Grace always serves the good of others. Grace speaks to the glory of God. And grace always serves the good of others. Amen. 
If you look at verses 4 and 5, for as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members of another. Let's work in reverse here in this text, in these two verses. Paul shares that the church is one body. He notes the body's function, that the body functions properly. Get this. He notes that the body functions properly as each member views their grace assignment as a means to glorify God and as a means to serve one another. Our grace assignments require each member in the body to do his or her part. And when we do our part, God will do his part. You are graced and gifted to carry out an assignment in the body of Christ. I am graced and gifted to carry out my assignment in the body of Christ. You and I, we're, we're graced and gifted for the glory of God, graced and gifted for the good of one another. The type of thinking that glorifies God recognizes we are graced and gifted to serve one another. The world, as well as in the church, we have twisted God's measure of grace and giftedness into some bad thinking and some bad habits and some terrible ways of treating one another. We've twisted it. Many have become sidetracked by their own self-importance, thinking that their gift and their graced position is better than someone else's. Many have allowed their distorted views of measures of grace and one-sided views of giftedness to cause them to look down on others. But can I remind you that COVID-19 brought to light the importance of some jobs that we look, look down on as menial. Can, can I remind you, let me say that again, can I remind you, amen, that COVID-19 brought to light the importance of some jobs that others look down on as menial. Some jobs that were taken for granted, some gifts that were taken for granted, some jobs initially thought of as being well out of the view and certainly less than first responders. COVID-19 put an end to that. Yes. COVID-19 brought to light a different view on the jobs of the cashier at Walmart. COVID-19 brought on a different view of the stock of paper goods Say so. at Walmart. It brought on a different view of the truck driver, mm -hmm. factory workers, yes. nurses, and CNAs. It brought on a different view. Mm -hmm. Paul reminds the church to appreciate the gifts. That's what I'm trying to tell you, that Paul reminds the church to appreciate the gifts Christ has graced and given to us all. Paul encourages the church to work uh, in conjunction with one another to bring God glory to work in conjunction with one another for the good of each and every person. Paul spent a couple of chapters over in the Corinthians explaining these gifts. Perhaps he spent a couple of chapters to the Corinthians because they had a worse case than the Romans. All right. 
But at 1 Corinthians 12 and 12, he writes, For as the body is one and hath many members, yes, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. Yes. Just as the human body is many members working together as one unit, the church is a body with many members, diverse in measure of grace, diverse in measure of giftedness, yet we are working to glorify God and to serve one another. To the Ephesians at chapter 4, verse 16, Paul adds, the whole body, listen, the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself. The whole body, he tells the Ephesians, fitly joined together. Here it is, God wants us together. Yeah. Here it is, God wants us tight, y'all. Yeah. God has graced us and gifted us to effectively work together in love for the good of one another so that the church increases for his glory. This is your grace assignment. This brings about a third truth of the text that I want to share with you today. Not only does grace speak of God's glory, not only does grace serve for the good of others, Grace gifts, grace administers gifts to grow the kingdom of God. It administers gifts to grow the kingdom of God. Verses 6, 7, and 8. Listen, if you will, or read along. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. For the prophecy let us prophesy according to the portion of faith or ministry let us wait on our ministry or he that teacheth on teaching or he that exhorteth on exhortation he that giveth let him do it with simplicity he that ruleth with diligence he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness Paul returns specifically to his grace language. Instead of saying the grace given to me, Paul now says the grace that is given to us. Those in the church have gifts to carry out the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. This is our grace assignment. Here Paul identifies a sampling of the various grace gifts given to the body of Christ. Preaching, he says. Serving, he says. Teaching, he says. Encouraging are gifts. Giving is a gift. Leading is a gift. Showing mercy. These were some of the gifts Paul mentions in this passage that were for the glory of God and for the good of the body. And just as Paul was gifted as an apostle, every member, every believer is gifted in one way or another to build the body of Christ for the glory of God. The text here is tailored to teach that grace gifts are given to meet needs in the body of Christ and to build up the body, to strengthen the body for the accomplishment of God's given mission. 
sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, sharing how he bore in his body our sins upon Calvary's cross, telling how he was bruised and broken and battered and how he bled that we might be forgiven, how he died and rose again that you and I might live forever. Through our trust in his finished works of Calvary, grace provides gifts to strengthen, notice that, to strengthen and grow the body for the glory of God. Grace provides gifts to strengthen. Fitness of personal trainers are personal trainers. They are hired in order to gain tips on how to strengthen your physical body. Am I right? A personal trainer is an individual certified to have varying degrees of knowledge of general fitness involved in exercise, prescription, and instruction. Personal trainers, fitness trainers, they, they motivate clients by setting goals and providing feedback and accountability to their clients. It is said that personal trainers above the appearance of the biceps and triceps and the calves need to possess passion, purpose, caring, and a coaching mindset in order to spur clients on to better health and physical condition, to grow, to strengthen their clients. In the gym, we have spotters. Spotting and spotters help another person lift or push more than they might normally be able to lift or push on their own in order that that person may be strengthened and that they may grow in strength. Yeah. All I'm trying to tell you in the Texas teaching is believers, we serve as trainers and spotters of a spiritual nature when we exercise the gift God graced each of us with. Our assignment is to help one another lift a little more than we could lift by ourselves. Our assignment is to help one another push a little more than we could push and push it a little further than we could push it by ourselves for the glory of God. Your assignment is to passionately and purposefully and in a caring manner, exercise the gifts God has given you and me to build the church, to strengthen the church, to strengthen one another. This is our grace assignment. To the Ephesians chapter 4 verse 7, Paul writes, But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of Christ. In one capacity or another, we can serve to strengthen one another. For the glory of God, you, we have been graced and gifted by God to help someone else. Each of us have received gifts for the good of the whole body of Christ that God might be glorified. To the Philippians, and I wanted to only read three, two of these verses, but it all it got good and I had to read on through the end. <laughs> Philippians chapter 2 verses 3 and 4 is where I started it. Brother Martin, but I had to keep on going. Paul shares this. He says, let nothing be done through strife of vainglory. He said, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. He says, look not every man on his own things, but every man on the things of others. And then he said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. 
but made himself of no reputation and took on the form of a servant. And the Bible says that he was made in the likeness of man. And it went on to say that, and being fashioned in the form of a man, the Bible says that Jesus humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. In my conclusion, the deal that Jesus gave us is a great deal. It is a good deal. It is the best deal. It is all, amen, for your favor. It is all for my favor. You can receive all the benefits of the gifts of salvation. We cannot earn it. We cannot repay Jesus for what he did on Calvary's cross. Jesus wants you and me to enjoy it and, and, and make the most of it. God's grace, his amazing grace, is something you should share every chance you get. Let me remind you as I close, grace has us on assignment for God's glory. Let me remind you as I close that God's grace has us on assignment for the good of one another. Let me remind you that God's grace has us on assignment for the growth of God's kingdom. Someone said, again, that if it's free, it is for me. Let me remind you that if grace is free, and it is, then it's for me. So if grace is free and it's for me, then give me three. Give me the Father. Give me the Son. And give me the Holy Spirit. The Father who so loved the world that he gave his Son. Give me three. If grace is free, and it is, the Son who so loved the world that he sacrificed his life on Calvary's cross. Give me three. Amen. He sacrificed his law, his, his, his life for a world of lost sinners. Amen. If grace is free, and it is, give me the Holy Ghost, who is our strength and our comfort. While we are on assignment, while we're on assignment, brothers and sisters, to bring God glory, to grow his church, and for the good of one another. Let me remind us as I close this message that grace is favor from God. Yes, it's favor from God. God giving us that which we do not deserve. Grace is favor that we cannot earn. However, grace is far beyond receiving something for free. Grace saves. And once grace saves, grace gifts us with what we need to become workmen ordained for God's glory, ordained for the good of one another. Brothers, sisters, and friends, God has graced you through Jesus Christ. His saving grace 
his redeeming grace, his gifting grace, his growing grace. Brothers, sisters, and friends, I, and I'm sure you have as well, carried out many assignments in your life. As a military officer, I've been on assignment. I've carried out assignments. I'm sure you have carried out assignments in your professional career as mothers, fathers, children, as students you have completed and carry out, carried out assignments. But I want to remind us today that there is no assignment like being on assignment, joining God where he is at work, saving souls. I implore you, as Paul would say, I beseech you, brothers and sisters, by the mercy, by the grace of God, to use your God-given gifts through the grace of Jesus Christ to be on assignment for him, to bring him glory, to work for the good of others, to grow God's kingdom that is now and God's kingdom, which is to come. Gracious Heavenly Father, we are honored to be on assignment for you. Give us wisdom and knowledge, Father, to join you where you are already at work building your kingdom. Help us, dear Heavenly Father, to utilize every gift that you have given for your glory and for the good of one another. As we honor Jesus, the Christ, it's in his name that we pray. There may be someone listening in, you've heard the message, and you want a relationship. for the building of his church. I pray that you've made that decision one way or the other, to enter into a relationship or to dedicate yourself more to the assignment, to put more into the assignment that God has given you. Go ahead, Brother Martin, give us a little of that.
epidemic pandemic God has not brought us this far to leave us and he's not brought us this far to go back to normal God wants us to know him in ways that we've never known him before trust him in ways that we've no, never trusted him before pray to him in ways we've never prayed praise him in ways that we have never praised him before pray that this Resurrection Sunday that you will have a joyful time with your family and fellowship. Amen. That you will continue to feast on his word. Amen. Realizing that God is so gracious when he put us on assignment with him. Now, Father, as we depart from this remote period of worship, we thank you for being our refuge and our strength, the very present help in the time of trouble. Father, bless and keep your people. Pray that you will cause your face to shine upon each of us. Lift up the sweet presence of your guiding and comforting spirit upon us, Father, and give us your peace. To you, God, who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Unto you, dear Father and God, be glory the church of Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. It's in Jesus' name that we pray and ask. Amen. Amen. Until we meet again remotely, directly, or heavenly, God's grace, God's mercy, and God's peace be with you all. Stay connected to him. Stay connected to one another. God bless you. Let's give God some praise.